0: This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnyTime.com.
1: All right, welcome to Journey of Unity, class number one, a journey of marriage through the lens of Esha's Chayel. So, Esha's Chayel miyimtah Verachaik, Nitnin and Mecha. The Passock says, Esha's Chayel Miyimsa. It's very hard to find the Esha's Chayel. Who who said this story? Anybody know the, the history here? Who said Eshaz Chayel? So Eshaz Chayel was told to, nobody knows? Okay, this was told to Sholem Malach after, this was the last parrot in Mishle. Sholem Malach was told this by his mother. After his wife had sort of messed him up with the Chanukah HaNikdash, ha, 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 his mother came along and she said, Eshaz Chayel M'Yimtah. You think it's easy to find a wife? Eshaz who finds Who finds such an amazing wife? It's harder to find her than finding like a, a, precious, a precious gem. Think you're just gonna stumble upon a wife? That's not how you find a wife. And we're talking about pasuk by pasuk, but Eshet Lehamim says basically is the introduction. The introduction is is you don't simply find good things. Good things in life are usually obtained by one of two things: either a person, the Malbim says, they put in a lot of work, they buy something, they build something, or they have a lot of muzzle, and they happen to stumble, and they find, "Wow, look at this! I found a diamond ring on the floor." Eishes chayel miyimta is essentially saying, when it comes to marriage, eishes chayel, you want to have like an amazing wife, you want to have like an incredible marriage, you want to have like that, like, "Wow, we got something." Miyimta, who finds that? That's not something that just it just happens. What is the message? The message is it's almost like a warning. The warning is is that when you come into marriage, if you think you're going to put it on autopilot, that's not how it works. Let me explain to you what needs to go into marriage. She lays out for her son what a marriage entails. Meaning to say, in certain, certain areas of our life, you just sit back and hit cruise control. And in many, many other areas of our life, it doesn't work that way. You have to actually put in, you have to do something in order for that to become successful. Aisha Chayel is a introduction, and Aisha Chayel is a warning. The warning is, meyimtza. Who thinks they're just going to find this? Who thinks they're just going to stumble upon this? I remember when I was a kid, when I was in shiva. so I don't know what games kids play today, but in, in my day, we had this thing when I was like in sixth grade, we had this thing called the, the business card game. And business card game was that we had, Business cards, like let's say you went to the dentist or the doctor, nobody cared. Like you, we were very excited to go anywhere that they had business cards. Now everything's digital. But in those days, it was, it was like the physical business card. So we would go into, let's say, the doctor's office and everyone would be like stealing business cards because the business cards was almost like a currency. And what people do in order to like trade these business cards, so certain people, certain, certain businesses have like really cool business cards and other businesses had really not so cool business cards. So people would go like let's say heads or tails on the business card. So they would hold the business card in their hand and say heads or tails. And the guy would say heads, and you go, Oh, wrong, it's tails. Okay, you owe me five business cards. It was like this whole currency of business cards. Okay. It was safe and kosher, but whatever. That was what we did when we were when we were kids. It got me thinking when I was older that imagine somebody's walking around with a backpack of business cards, right? They have like 50 business cards. And as they're pulling it out, it says doctor, lawyer, nurse, whatever, right? What is a business card? It's essentially telling somebody what you are. And imagine it's, it's Arab Shabbos. And all of a sudden you have a, a leak in your basement and you run downstairs and like the water is like literally rising because you have a water main break in your house and you get on the phone, you call somebody, and he comes running in and you're like, hi, our, I need your help. And the guy starts, he's like, oh, by the way, I happen to be an electrician. And you're like, I don't need an electrician. I need, I need a plumber at this moment right now. I need a plumber. The guy's like, well, listen, let, let's think about this for just a minute, right? A plumber has to be reliable. An electrician has to be reliable, right? The person has to be honest. I'm honest. Like he starts going through all like the categories in a 30,000 foot. Fl- the person has to be diligent. I'm diligent. You're like, it's all very, very, very nice what you're saying to me. The bottom line is, is that there's water coming out of the wall. Do you know how, do you know how to turn off the water in my house so that my whole basement's not going to get flooded? A lot of people, when it comes to marriage, they come into marriage with this concept that i 'm now a husband or i'm now a wife, and what does that mean exactly? What does it mean to be a husband or wife? It means that you receive a new business card, and that business card to you is hi welcome you're now a wife. If you flip over that business card and it says to you what what's on the back? What does it mean to be a wife? Well it means it means I have to I have to love my husband and, and I have to care for him but there's a little bit more depth which throughout the the course of this series, I want to try to explore so that We're not just saying words in a general sense and we're delving down into the paninius and into the understanding of what it takes to make a successful relationship. Otherwise, like we said before, it's verach haik mi It's very, very not probable that a person is going to be successful if they're going into the relationship and they don't really know exactly what is on the other side of that card. We recently had a Shabbaton here in the house and... One of the girls on the Shabbos was asking us, she said, which Averas this is her question, which Averas, if a person does them, there's no coming back from that." That was her question. So she was like, if I do this avera, if I do that avera, like the whole, all the questions were focused on that topic. Which things are like worse in the eyes of Hashem? So, okay, we were, like in the beginning, we didn't catch on to like what her questions were, but it was like, if I do this, like, Will Hashem, you know, like, will Hashem really hate me? Like, if I do this, will Hashem really hate me? What if I did that? Like, how far could I push the envelope in terms of, like, all these averas? So at one point, I switched the question on her, and I said, I have a question for you. Do you think it's worse to do an avera, or do you think that it's worse to not do a mitzvah? You hear the question? Is it? Worse to do an avera, or is it worse to not do a mitzvah? Is it better to do a los say, or not break, or break an essay, not keep an essay? What do you think the answer is? We're all Jewish, right? Break break a losa say, right? Most most people I think would answer break a losa say, right? You're taught you're, but we're, when we're I think most of us are taught when we're when we're younger like. Don't do that, right? There's, there's, I'm going to be angry at you, or take a brick off the base on Mikdash, or, right? Or whatever it is that we tell kids. Again, I'm not making fun of it. I'm just saying like that, right? That's how most of us, I think, are, are raised. Like, you know, there's the Gimalavirus Chamorus. These are the three worst ones that you can do, right? If I said to you, like, by the way, like, you know, um, is it worth for, for a person, I don't know, for example, to uh, to be Michal Shabbos or to, like, not give tzedakah? I think most people would agree. Like, what do you mean? Like, okay, fine. You didn't give tzedakah. You didn't give tzedakah. But like, to like be mechallel Shabbos, obviously, is chal Shabbos, right? I think we could all agree that like, our, our the premise of most of our education is that not doing something, fine. You didn't do something. But the idea of like going out of your way, like, okay, fine. So I I didn't I didn't I didn't give tzedakah, or I didn't help an old lady across the street, or a high-life one called me to drive and I didn't drive. That's worse than Chalel Shabbos. There's no way that's worse than Chalel Shabbos, right? But if you think about it for a minute, a relationship with Hashem is a relationship, right? It's a relationship. So imagine somebody gets married. They get married to their husband, okay? And the husband, you get married, you go through Shabbat Rafas. Usually most people are on their best behavior, at least through Shabbat okay? Sometimes not, but let's assume you make it through Shabbat And after Shavir Brachas, your husband turns to you and he says, Okay, it's been a nice ride. Okay, gets into bed, he's sleeping. Till twelve, one, two, three o'clock in the afternoon. He gets up, he goes downstairs, he has his favorite herbs, snakes, smoke, whatever, drunk, drink, stuff, right? He's like totally not functioning. The guy's in bed, he's laying there like a log. Okay, it goes on a day, a week, a month. Like, you call your column teacher, is this normal? And she's like, yeah, I don't know, you know, like, right? Imagine that's like, and your husband turns to you, you, you turn, it's usually women, right? So you, you turn to him and you say, okay, we got to talk. And he's like, what do we have to talk about? And you're like, "Uh, it's a little odd. I mean, like, you haven't gotten out of the house in three months. You haven't, you haven't functioned. You don't go to yeshiva. You don't go to work. He's like, what, what do you want from me? I mean, like, did I ever yell at you? Did I, did I ever smack you? Did I do anything wrong to you? So what's the answer? Like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't even know you. You're not functioning. You're like not even in the game. It's like, it's like somebody buying a car and like, it's like literally just sitting in the driveway. It just doesn't go anywhere. Like, did I kill anybody? Did I go through a red light? Did I talk on my cell phone? I didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, but you didn't do anything. You're not even in the game. In many ways, Chazal tells us that a bital asay, not doing a mitzvah asay, in in the relationship aspect. I'm not talking in terms of punishment. In the relationship aspect, in many ways, that is worse than an avera. It is worse than uh, a than, than a life asey, than doing something wrong. It says that the avos kept every single one of the mitzvahs, but then there's an obvious question. You know, Yaakov Inu married two sisters, right? So the Ramban says they were out of Eretz whatever. But many Mefarshim explain that no. When it says that they kept the mitzvahs, it means they did everything. They baked matzah on and Pesach, and, and they did all of the things that they needed to do. When it came to the Los assays, when it came to the things not to do, there were certain places where they, they had leniencies, or they felt that this was better for the future of Qal Yisrael. But, but the assays that the Avos didn't keep the assays, they kept every single one of the assays. That's what Chazal tells us. What does that tell you? It tells you that what a relationship is, in essence, is what you contribute to the relationship. And this is a very important theme that I think a lot of people, a lot of therapists misunderstand about relationships. A relationship is what you put into it. I once had a couple that was struggling, very, very mightily struggling. And this guy, every time I would Every time I would tell him that he needs to do something, he, he would be like, oh, that's not my personality. That's not my personality. Like, oh, that's not going to last. It's not my personality. So the way that I work with my couples is I tell them, you need, We first we have to figure out the points. And we'll talk about this obviously more. But we have to figure out the points where there's some sort of disconnect between the two of you. And then you start doing, I have three things. You need to do something daily, short attainable goals. So you need to put something into your marriage every day. Usually three things. Three things would be nice, okay? But at least one, okay? Number two is short attainable goals. You have to check in every day. So you need a heschaivas. So what they do is they send me an email every night. This is what I did for my marriage. Today, I did this for my husband, okay? And number three is there has to be consistency. So if you want to change a or really anything, short attainable goals every day and make sure that you have somebody that you're accountable for. So I tell this to everybody. And at night, my phone is like, you know, buzzing away. And it's like all the emails and texts and WhatsApps that are coming in. Here's all the things that I did today for my spouse. And then you could see like a running trail. So if somebody comes back next week, I'm like, okay, so if you put in three things a day for a week, chick chock, I'm an accountant, 21 things, right, that you did for your spouse over the last week. If you did that for a month, how's your math? Yeah, 84 things that you did over four weeks, let's just assume, right? I won't keep going, but you got the idea, right? Over the course of a short amount of time, you'll see dramatic change because you're actually contributing to the relationship. As opposed to talking about like conflict resolution, like all the stuff that I did wrong or didn't do wrong and all the fighting. Like what is, what is your assays? Like what are you putting into your, into your relationship? And what I told this girl was, we don't even realize it, but how many times does the Terry talk about the Atem Tiuli Mamlecha Eskayan in the Goy Kadash? You should be for me like a mamlech. That's kind of, what does that mean? That means behaving in a certain way. Acting in a certain way. <inaudible> you should act holy. You should be Hashem's daughter. You should you should represent that. The way that you talk. The way that you even think. The things that you look at. These things are not... Losa says, Where does it say in the Torah I can't do this? That was the other question that was... The other theme of this. Where does it say in the Torah that Netflix is... Like, where does it say in the Torah? No, the Torah doesn't say Netflix or... YouTube. It doesn't talk about this thing. But the concept of... atam That's the contributory aspect of the relationship with Hashem. And when it comes to relationships with our spouses, the same word, davak and davak, is used only two times in the Torah. For a relationship with your spouse and a relationship with Hashem relationship with your spouse is not, what did I not do for you? How did we not fight? How do we not have conflict? But more often, it's about what you actually put into it. So I had this guy, and I told him this little formula here. What well, you're putting in, short attainable goals, every day, right? Consistency. I'm with Hizchaibus. You have to check in with me. And he's like, it's not my personality. I, I, it's not my thing. I, it's just not going to work for me. Why not? i never really able to build momentum. Can't really get this going. I said, okay. So if I can help you, I can help you. You know, like, I would love to help you. It just It's hard to help. Somebody just doesn't seem to want the help. He called me back, like, a few weeks later. And he said, okay, I found somebody to talk to. Um, whatever. I don't want to go into all the deals. This person said he could help me. All right. Six months later, he called me back. And he's like, you know, this person told me they could help me. And I followed everything they said to, to a but my marriage has not changed. So what did he tell you to do? They told me to change my middle name. Like it said my middle name, it's not like congruent with like my wife's name, the way that our names are spelled. He told me to add a name. Like, let's say my name is Achan, and he told me to call myself Achanan Simcha. Simcha, they'll add Simcha to the house, and there'll be and every time I refer to myself, I should say like my new name. Hi Shalom Aleichem. my name is Achan Simcha. And like that new name will like bring about things into my house. So he, so I said, okay, what happened? Nothing, he said, nothing happened. My wife is still complaining. I'm miserable, she's miserable. He says, I don't understand saying You told me that your personality is you can't do something consistently. So how is it possible that you changed your name for six months and you were consistent about it? Every time you introduced yourself, you said, hi, my name is and Simcha. You obviously, you can keep to something consistently for, for a long time. Why didn't that change your marriage? He's like, I don't know. You know, it's, it's a good question. I didn't think about it like that. So I just said, the answer is, is because it's very easy to change your name. But it's very hard to change who you are. It's very hard to look at your relationship and say, what do I need to do different about my marriage? What do I need to contribute to my marriage that I wasn't doing yesterday? How do I accept criticism when somebody sits me down and says, you were wrong? I'm like, you're right. Straight out, I'm ro- I'm wrong. I wasn't in, I wasn't in tune to you. I I, I didn't think about the words, the tone, what I said. Being able to have that hachna, lowering yourself, that bitl, where you're like meshing with somebody else. A lot of these terms which we'll talk about over the, the course of this series, that takes real work. But a lot of people, unfortunately, they look at it almost sadly the way that they relate to Hashem. Which is, what did I do wrong? What did I say wrong? They're not necessarily understanding that if you're not putting quarters in this machine, the machine is not going to operate. If the batteries are not full, your phone will die. If you don't water your grass, your grass will go brown. Every single thing in our life that takes binion takes constant work, upkeep, something that we put in. For many people, they think, I'm just going to find it. I'll put this on autopilot set it and forget it everything's going to be amazing and then when the time comes that i have to like be like oh why are you upset what are you complaining about that's where things will go off and if a person stops for a minute and realizes then every single area where there's something bad somebody's a drunk and somebody's angry or somebody has depression and they go to a therapist and the therapist removes that negative behavior or that mental illness, or the addiction, or the compulsion, that person's usually good. When it comes to relationships, if you remove the conflict, your relationship is still at zero. If a person doesn't do anything, you remove all the losasase, you remove all the yelling and screaming and everything, but there's nothing that's contributed, what do you have? You have a husband who's sleeping for three months straight. There's nothing. There's no relationship here. It's just a lump in a bed. And in order for every single relationship to be successful, a person needs to stop and say to themselves, what does this job require of me? What do I need to put into this relationship in order to get it off the ground? What are the daily things that I have to put in? If You do this with your spouses. And if you do this with your children, you will find that those relationships start to blossom and grow. And if you don't, If you just sit back and say, well, I guess the next time there's a fallout, I'll just try to pick up those pieces, then very often you'll be able to resolve the conflict because we're smart people, but you'll still not get past the first floor. In order to get to that next step and the next step, there has to be a constant building. Make sense? So for tonight, just to summarize, a relationship is about what you put into it. It's not about what you didn't do it's not about the negative that you didn't do but i didn't that doesn't do anything for you it's about what you actually actively put in proactively put in and if you want to, if you if you stop for a minute and you want to build your marriage you stop every day before your husband walks in the door before you open your mouth you say what emotion am i am i targeting here what am i giving what am i giving what quarters am i putting into this tank what am i charging what is this, what does this need from me? Is this an iPhone or an Android? What type of charger does this need right now? Does my husband need me to be like, well, excited? Does he need me to be like quiet? Cause he just, whatever. He just had a hard heartache, just wants nothing. What does he need at this moment? How do I, how do I, how do I keep putting in to this person at this moment? The person realizes that it's not easy. But if you think it's easy, you're not going to find anything major. It's going to be very empty. You're not going to have any major gold or any anything. You might have, what's that other thing, the fake one? CZ? You might have a CZ diamond. Yeah? You may have a CZ marriage. It's possible. You have something that looks nice on the outside. When it's put to the loop, when it's put to the test, when the water breaks in your basement, and you, you don't need a, a reliable, all these things, which very nice. You need a plumber. You need a husband. You need a guy who knows what he's doing. If you stop and you internalize this, that relationships are proactive It's about what you put in, and to focus on what that thing is, that's how a relationship grows. Now, this is your guys, your first time here. I recognize that. To the girls who come on the, the, the other series, they're used to this already, they're all grabbing the mic. Um, but you don't have to. Anybody on Zoom wants to share anything or wants to ask anything, We'll open up the floor for like 20 minutes or so. Um, anybody wants to say something? Any confessions? Anything like that? I'm joking. <laughs> um, any story? Anything you'd like to share? Feel free. This is a uh, roundtable um, discussion. But I know it's your first time. Don't be bashful. Feel free to to to, to share the mic.
0: I want to ask something. Mm-hmm. Can, you, can you hear me? What kind of of things are you t- thinking when you have to do for your spouse or children? or What, what,
1: what kind of thing? I'll repeat the...
0: That, no?
1: <laughs> I didn't hear the last part. What was that? Take the mic. Okay, so, so what type of things... That's a good question. What type of things does a person need from their spouse? Is it supper? Is it food? Is it... I... I, I It's it's a good question. So so one second. So let's 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 start talking about this. This this is a very good question. So if if marriage means that a person, if marriage means that a person is um, is contributing to their spouse food, right? So I have a question for you. What happens if a person is married to Uber Eats? Do they have a good marriage? Right. If if they religiously, Uber Eats provides to them. Okay. A guy who's in the back of a restaurant, every day he sends him his, his food and it's delicious. And and it's it's better than what this person is providing, huh? Better than his wife's. Is he in a good relationship with Uber Eats? <laughs> I, I think, of course, there's no question, the physical parts of a relationship, making sure that a person is taken care of, making sure that a person has a house and that the lights are on, these things are important. But it's very rare it's very rare for couples to fight and argue about supper being late or it wasn't that great or whatever it is. I think that most of a person's focus, I would imagine, would be on, on the emotional side of things, right? The emotional needs, like you weren't there for me, you didn't support me. And I think that this question is, is, is really important in the sense that part of Kesher, and, and we're going to use this word like a gazillion times. I know it's the first time I'm using it tonight, but we're going to hear this word a million times. Part of kesher, part of the idea of connecting to somebody else, is internalizing what that person's needs are. So if a person if a person settles on food, that that's what their spouse needs from them. I mean, it's pretty pretty chitzoni, right? It's pretty external. Like, you need food from me? Okay, fine. I, I check. Got, got that that's that's easy right and if i can't supply that then i'll just order it and then you'll have food but usually marriages don't struggle because of food usually marriages struggle because there are emotional needs that are not being met i recently spoke somewhere on on dating and the people who were who were there was it was a bunch of girls and their mothers i can't tell you how many mothers came over to me and they were like I don't know what's going on here. My daughter keeps talking about this thing called an emotional connection. Like, what do they mean? Like, the, the mothers, these are women who are married 20, 30 years. They were literally like, what is what is she referring to? I was like, you're married 20, 30 years and you're not sure what that means? No. Never heard of this. Thing. Never heard of this idea before. Right? I heard this from more than one woman. So... The idea that a person is emotionally taken care of, that their spouse is getting from them what they need, I would argue is probably a very, very high percentage of what, you know, what goes into a relationship to make sure that a person is contributing in that area specifically, 100%. And I would encourage somebody to stop and think, is my spouse's emotional batteries charged? What did I do today to make sure that my spouse feels from me that I care about them, that they're loved, that they're prioritized. What tends to happen in most relationships is that when a person feels that they are not number one, they resent the thing that is number one, they challenge the thing that is number one, and they start to develop resentment for their spouse who put something else number one. Oh, I say this all the time. And that thing could be learning, chesed, it could be a guy who's in Hatzalah and that's like more important than his family. It could be business, money. It literally could be like a guy who's saving other people's lives and his wife is miserable because I'm in the middle of talking to you about how my day is hard and you're running out. I'm not saying a guy, obviously Hatzalah guys are the greatest guys in the world, right? And the guys are sitting in Kaila, greatest guys in the world. I'm not saying that. Take the mic, take the mic.
0: Make the wives right. Out so it's there. easy to
1: sign a consent, but it's, it's, it's a constant consent that's needed, right? Every call, every Shabbos meal that's missed, every Yantif meal, right? There was, there was a guy um, I know who was in Atzala. He told me that his wife begged him. He's, he's, he's like one of these guys, he's on a million calls. His, his wife begged him, and she said, The first night of the Seder, I'm begging you, please turn off your radio. Tell whoever you need to tell, they should cover for you and whatever. She begged him. She said, we haven't had a normal Seder in 20 years. Never. You never made it through the Seder. People, I don't know, they're eating a lot and they're choking. I don't know what's <laughs> going on, right? <laughs> so so she, she begged him. She said, I'm begging you, please make sure that the Seder, you're there. So he said, okay. Um, he turned off his radio. He told his family, like, mizuman, like, we're having a Seder. Finally, they sat down. He picks up his case to make Kiddush. Somebody pounds on his door. That his father in law was by his house and having a heart attack, literally right next door. So he grabbed his radio, of course, and he ran down. He missed the there. He was like, My wife was not happy. He felt so guilty. He's like, But you can't say no, obviously, right? Right? Again, I'm not, there's a challenge there, right? But the point is, is that 99% of the time, and I think this is the key, when the batteries are really, really full in most areas, then they're able to dip, right? You don't have to stay plugged into a charger. A person can walk around all day with their phone as long as it's being charged enough times that the person's able to get out and able to function. If a person is excessively needy, it usually means that their needs are not being met. And an interesting happen- an interesting thing happens, which is when most couples get married, all of a sudden they realize, like, wow, we have five, six hours a night to spend, and it's amazing. And then, like, as life hits you, and all the responsibilities of life and family, all that stuff. As it as all those things start falling into place, you realize like, wow, our time is really dwindling. Like your husband has a real job and a career and he's in graduated college, children, family, whatever, right? All of a sudden you realize like, oh my goodness, like how does a couple survive when they're married 10 years or 15 years? The answer is, is that the time becomes very quality, right? It's not anymore. You're not just sitting there playing Scrabble for 17 hours straight, like you're really like, oh my gosh, like we have 15 minutes, like let's grab 15 minutes, like let's really talk and let's not in a heavy way, but like you 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 maximize, you get onto a fast charger plan. Like you make sure like all of a sudden like okay, we only have a few minutes here. Like let's utilize this time together. And if you don't, then what happens? All the distractions in life, they start to hit you at once. I think that probably in today's generation, I mean, I don't think it's even a question. I think that distraction is probably the number one definitely top one or two things within marriages that challenge marriages and i think that this generation has more more distraction than any other time in history even our parents maybe you guys are younger and your parents are whatever but yeah even it doesn't matter 15 years ago 15 years ago when you came home you were home that was it if somebody called you on your house phone with a business question it was the biggest breach of privacy what in the world are you calling me at home at eight o'clock at night, chutzpah? Like, are you crazy? It was crazy, right? And if you send somebody a fax, so they got it the next day in the office, whatever. Today, people sit at home, it's 11 o'clock at night. They're sitting next to their spouse and they're on the phone with business or they're texting somebody or WhatsApping them or emailing somebody like with business. Like what's going on? This never existed. There was never, ever such a concept. Besides all the things that we have accessible thoughts, the Netflix and the YouTube and the TikTok, all the other stuff, which just distracts us from where we are. And to, to a large degree, people learn to exist within the distraction rather than to live within the moment, the relationship. So where things were just organically healthy, now you have to struggle to like push all these things to the side in order to just be present in your own home. Something that I don't think ever existed, ever. You know what I mean? So again, the worst was like your husband was like reading the, the newspaper. That was like the worst. And by that time, the news was so old. So it was like already like silly, like, are you reading something from four days ago? Like... Who cares? Like it wasn't even Chashev, you know, like now, like before the news even finishes, like they've located a bomb. You're like, Ooh. <laughs> like you literally can follow along as it happens. Like, oh, exciting. What's next? You know, it didn't even blow up yet. I'm like, you already know about what's going on, All right? There's an app, the Citizen app in New York where, where citizens like Good Samaritans, they can like report things to the police and then they also can track you guys live in Jersey. So you can, you know what it is? You like basically say like, I'm, I'm, I'm live streaming. Let's say people are fighting on the street. You like go like, I'm live streaming this. So there's people fighting on the street, right? The police don't even know about it yet. They don't, the police are not even yet called. And then as the police pull up, like you like report, like you are reporting the police pulling up to the scene. You know the news before the news even knows the news. It's like unbelievable the world we live in. But unfortunately, all those things are distractions and distractions are very detrimental. Because it takes you away from putting in. And as the time in your relationship gets crunched, and less and less, if you're not putting into that relationship because your time is limited and your head space is limited and your emotional space is limited, and you just need to focus on yourself, it's like, oh, I can't deal with all of this. Then how 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 are we supposed to give to somebody else? It's important to recognize that what that means to contribute is not only supper, it's a good question, it's not only supper, it's a lot more than just supper. It's a lot more than, what do you mean? But I I give you a house and I give you a car. I hear this from men all the time. What do you mean? Like, you think I want to work? I'm working for you. You know what I'm saying? I got you this house. Like, how could you possibly complain? I bought you a car. I got you a diamond ring. Like, you don't think I love you? It's all very nice. But that's not giving me. That's giving me supper. If your husband comes home and he has like a 20-course meal every night, he's not going to feel loved. He's going to feel fat. He's not gonna feel love. He's gonna be like, this is all very nice, thank you very much. But he's not gonna feel that emotional connection to a person. So what, this question is a good question. What does a person have to put in? They have to put in on the emotional side of things. But if not, then it's a problem. Oh. Somebody was saying, <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, we don't have to read every comment. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, go ahead.
0: Sorry. Um, So in terms of giving your husband what he needs emotionally, what if something you know that he has a certain need or insecurity and it happens to be the same insecurity as you? So like you can't really like if he needs reassurance in something, but you're both insecure about that same thing. How do you go about giving him?
1: It's a good question. Meaning like, like, for example, let's say a person's like uh, nervous about finances and their spouse is also nervous about finances. It's a good question. So how do you give somebody that reassurance when you yourself don't necessarily have that reassurance? So, okay, good. I love the question. I think it's a great question. Well, It's a good question. Yeah. I think the answer is, is that in certain areas, a person might be inclined to bring in a third party, right? Because they themselves don't know what to say about this. So let's use finances as an example. Let's see a guy comes home and he's a mess about money and his wife is also a mess about money. So he's like, "Oh, it's so hard," and she's like, "I know, it's so hard." Like, you know, what I'm saying they don't even know how to—they don't even know how to like be there as a support for each other. They probably would be very wise to bring in a third party, um, somebody who knows them. We always say like that's probably one of the greatest skills you could have for your marriage is like a rub who knows you, so that when you call him up, he's not like, "Hi, who are you?" So like somebody who you build a relationship with, and then when you present the question, he's able to like give you that that sense of security like he's a, he's he's able to put that back in place yes let's talk about the a sign of money let me guide you in the right direction and uh, to be able to, to help you a hundred percent for sure i mean people go through all sorts of crises right uh, well, Elena, let's say somebody suffers a loss right somebody goes through a sickness very often sometimes you have one party that's very strong oh we got this and you know and sometimes both people are falling apart and it's very hard for anybody to be there for the other person so I think, yeah, in such a case, you you need to have a third party. Sometimes it's a professional. Sometimes it's a – I'll tell you a funny story. I had a couple once that – I gave a speech somewhere, and this woman came over to talk to me about it – was, it was about money. So she didn't say it about money. She said it was about marriage. So, But it happened to be that there was, like, indications that it was about money. Anyways, we had a meeting, and we sat down, and she started talking. And I said, you know, it seems to me that you guys are a really good couple. They were married over – over, I'm going to say over 40 years, right? So they weren't like a newlywed, right? It was like, and so she said, we're we're married a very long time and this is like a thing by us. So uh, we started talking and I was like, hold on one second, I'm going to switch caps over here, okay? I happen to be an accountant. Let's talk accounting, like literally straight out accounting. And we were just going through like numbers and spreadsheets and and wages and taxes. Like it was like like an accounting meeting, absolutely nothing to do with marriage. And at the end of the day, like, they both walked out. Oh, we have a financial plan. We could save this. We could structure ourselves like this and get paid like that. And it was, like, a whole bunch of, like, and then they walked out and everything was, like, again, I never heard from them again. So I'm imagining that they were good. But, like, this was, like, the crux of their issue, that the two of them were fighting about money. They did not know what to say to each other. They didn't have the skills to, like, put this all into play. So, yeah, that, that was what they needed at that moment. They didn't need to talk about marriage. They needed to talk about, you know, this particular thing. But yeah, sometimes there's, there's, you need a grief, somebody who deals with grief, somebody who deals with trauma, somebody who deals with, you know, abandonment, parents, depression, anxiety, whatever the case may be. And the other person's like, I'm not equipped to do this. I'm not equipped to be a therapist. I don't know what you want from me. And in those cases, a person has to say, we need a third party who's able to be there for us. And if you put, put that into your marriage, then yeah, oftentimes it will, yeah, it will go. Yeah. What were you saying? There's a separate question.
0: Do emotions outwardly. Obviously, he has them, but he doesn't like when I try to talk to him about it. So now
1: I'll... Okay, one second. Let's say that again. If a person, <laughs> if a husband is not as expressive as his wife, and he doesn't like being expressive. Okay. So, shocker to women. <laughs> um, your husband's probably not as expressive as 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 you expected him to be. If you expected him to be at, at all expressive, usually it's it's not that way. So, okay. I, I want to introduce another concept here. Okay. A lot of these concepts are probably going to overlap as time goes on, but for tonight, let's talk about this. Okay. There is a concept, something called channeling. Okay. And it's probably one of the greatest skills that women don't use. Okay. And what that means is channeling means if you want to bring something out of somebody else, you very often have to, you have to bring it out of them rather than fight it out of them and be like why are you not expressive as he's like slowly like regressing and like going into like a shell right you never open up and he's like you know like he doesn't even know what to do with himself so that never works in order to get somebody to do something that they don't do just like think about like chinuch for your children you say to your seven year old kid could you sweep the floor I never swept the floor in my life I don't know what I'm doing you say okay okay it is who you are I guess that's you don't do that. You say, okay, Shayfa, let me show you, okay? Come, please sweep with the broom, okay? Go in the corners. Don't talk to your husband like that, but, right? But you, you, you'll you walk him through what needs to happen, right? And again, and again, and again. And then over time, they will learn how to do what needs to be done, okay? When it comes to your, to your husband, if he's not expressive, there's a million ways that you can put that tool front and center with him or for him. Meaning, you can say to him, you know, I, I, I think every Friday night, like, we should write cards to each other. I'll buy the cards. I'll, I'll. Don't just sign your name. I just had somebody tell me like he bought a card and he just signed his name on the bottom. I was like, I'm. I don't. I. I don't know. But I don't think that that's really gonna like do the trick. He's like, no, it was like a very nice like card. I was like,
0: eh.
1: <laughs> right. Like somebody else can't write it for you. Sort of. It, I think it has to come from yourself. Although like, you could still. Whatever. Obviously, you, could, you need to select the right card. But just signing your name like changing your name you know what I'm saying it, 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 it doesn't really do the full trick I think you need to do a little bit more anyways you can you can set up a system where that happens a lot of women complain like oh my husband doesn't buy me jewelry right because men don't know how to walk into their jewelry so often and, and, and make that happen but you can say to him you know I know this is very hard for you can we put a separate account aside we'll put aside a certain amount of money and then we'll go ahead every birthday anniversary thif, whatever the case is we already have the money put aside, and like we'll go together and we'll buy something. Most men, if you like w- walk them along, yeah. If you walk them along, that what you want to bring out from them, they will they will do it. Usually, they'll be like, oh, that that's so cool. I want I want you to be most, shocker. Most husbands and wives want their spouses to be happy. They just oftentimes don't have the knowledge or the skill to make that happen. So if there's something within your relationship that's not Happening, it's not being put in by the other person. Usually, it's not malicious. And if you remind that to yourself, you won't be so angry. When your husband doesn't tell you that he's coming home late or he's on the phone and he walks in the door or he's not spending as much time with you, it's usually not malicious. He doesn't want to hurt you. He's the nicest guy, he's the greatest guy. You dated him, you like him, he's amazing. You just, he happens to be distracted. So, we take it very personally. What do you mean? you know what I need, right? So if you're doing this, obviously I have a right to lash out at you. Okay, you do have a right to lash out, but it's probably not going to get you what you want because he's probably not going to be much more affectionate to somebody who's screaming and yelling at him. And he's like, oh, you're ruining the children, right? You're, you're destroying the house. Like, what are you doing? You're screaming and yelling. I don't, I don't feel like sitting down and writing a card to you at this moment when you're like chewing my head off. I would much rather if you channeled, and channel is like, oh my gosh, I think we need a date tonight. I think we should go out for a walk. Like, I see you're so busy, but like Wednesday night, maybe we could go to a restaurant. When you channel, when you channel, you bring so much out of your relationship more than when you fight it. Try to break that shell, it just gets even tougher. When you slowly get the person out of their shell and you start to like bring things to the forefront, most people will not resist that because they appreciate what you're doing. I also want to be happy, right? Every most people w- walking through relationships, they want to be happy. Very often, when they're in sad situations, you say, "Why? Why? What's the core issue here?" Every couple, it's their fault. No, not my fault. Never my fault. it's Always that person's fault. I didn't do anything wrong. I was born like this. It's their fault. Really, you have no role in this whatsoever. Nothing. You, you, you like you're not a party here. You just like showed up. You sit there with your halo, and everything's wonderful. Like your spouse is not as non-part. Sometimes, yeah, your, your spouse is busy. He, he got carried away with things. If you want your spouse to do for you what you want, fighting them is usually not the way to go. If you bring it out from them, you usually get a lot more than anything else. Last question. Anybody here at the table want to say something? No? It's still the first week. I understand. Yeah, one second. You have to take the mic though. Don't worry, nobody will see you, but...
0: I'm not sure if this is a question
1: or... Okay, or, or a <laughs> confession, okay.
0: No, or like a halachic thing, like, okay, um, basically, my husband's very, you know, tries to be mocked about, like, his minion and everything. Yeah. And... A
1: person. Let's talk about a person. Okay. Okay, a person. A man... Yeah.
0: ...is mocked, let's say, to go to nyan, nyan. and, yeah. you know, he really wants that part of his life, and, of course, his wife appreciates that and everything. Yeah. But, like, is Minion, how do I say this? Um, not as important, but, like, let's say you want a little bit of extra help with something in the house, with
1: in the, the morning, kids, with in the, the
0: morning, like, could you, like, one day, like, once a month, like, just give me that morning. Stay like, home
1: and, and, and give that. Like,
0: where's about, like, Hashem, the happiest thing for Hashem is a happy marriage and you know, I guess it's not making a marriage terrible but like for sure. you feel taken care of and Hashem wants that between yeah. us right? Yeah
1: I feel like my wife has a lot to say on this topic <laughs> but we- okay we'll, we'll bring her into a future into a future thing right I knew you were gonna say yeah. that I knew you say- my wife let me just say it as follows. Well. let me repeat the question here okay let's say somebody's husband is like mocked with like crazy oninion and then right. the, wife, the wife is, the wife is and the wife's very grateful for that yes. but right. th- there are times that she needs help in the morning so like what takes like what what takes pres- like, what taking take-
0: for granted the right
1: so my wife is the queen of like of like um contrasting two things right because you have the woman whose husband is like in the morning, he's helping with the kids and cleaning up the house, and he's making omelets and cutting up vegetables. And she's like, I just wish you went to shul. Like, I wish you had a chavrusa in the morning, right? And it, they're both true. They're both true, right? So I'll, so I'll tell you the key. The key is… What's if, the
0: balance?
1: Right. When And I'll just add a layer here. And again, something that we should talk about in the future, which is <laughs> that when you have two conflicting values, because these are both yeah. values, and values by definition are not flexible. Right, so there's a value of family and children, and there's a, va- a value of tefillah and minion and, and all of that also. So the short answer is that when those two values conflict, both of you can entrench yourself in the argument, which is, or both of you can say, how do I, how do we navigate these two things to make work? So for example, let's say Friday is a hard day for you and you need help with the kids. You could say to him, I want you to know that minion is so important to me. I think that Thursday night if it's okay with you, can we go to sleep a little earlier so you could dominate a little bit of an earlier minion so that I could get some help in the morning meaning never trample on somebody else's value
0: okay.
1: again, there's not always a solution right but but more often than not, there are solutions within those two conflicts because if you hit it head on and you're like, "Oh, what is this thing anyways I don't get it you right. just disappear and then you come back home and I don't I don't see the benefit to me right. So your spouse is like, okay, no, great. But no. but you're clearly missing something because I'm going to shul every morning and that's really important. So rather than attacking your husband or the value head on, it's always better to try to blend the two. Meaning, put them both on the table. How do we navigate these two things? How and do and we make it work? Exactly. And in, in the future, we'll, we will talk about this idea of, of two people who have... I'll make a note about it. We'll talk about it in the future. like Two people who have different opinions... Um, different preferences or different values. Like, how do those two things blend together? Like, how do they mesh? Oftentimes you find there are two people who have conflict, whether it's what yeshiva to send their kid to or, or something which is, which is harder to navigate than this. You can't send your kid to like, a modern Orthodox school in the morning and a Hasidic Hader in the afternoon, it, it doesn't work. You can't always get both sides of things, right? So, so learning how to get those, those things resolved, we will talk, we'll talk about that at a later thing. But yeah, in, 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 in a small sense, when two values conflict, if you put them both on the table, like I would have really, I, I love that you have value A, I would appreciate if you also embraced the value B, somehow, usually people will, will go. Of course, he wants, he he wants you to be. be there, but right, of course. Yeah, very often there's, yes, there's very often, never attack the value though, right? Because the value is, is a good value, right? So th- those things, again, we'll talk about that in the, in the future. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So I see there's a question here. Okay. Should we jump on this one? Yeah. Last one. Okay. My husband wakes up late. I can't read from here. I don't have my glasses. And even if I did, I can't read too far. Hold on. We'll get to this last question.
0: My husband wakes up late on other things. I'm too critical of him, and he gets frustrated. How can I get myself out of the cycle?
1: Okay. We're touching on like a million marriage ideas. This is awesome. Okay. Um, there are certain things. Let me say as follows, okay? I, I'm going to touch on this idea. And again, this is an idea that we have to talk about at a later date. Um, so I'll make a note about it. Like I'll write over here values. And then we also have to talk about rings. Okay. So we talk about rings, okay? A person has to recognize that there are there are different levels of giving. Let's call it the assays, the contributory sides of things. And then there are the los assays, the things that are non-contributory, the things that detract from a relationship. So just like I said before, if somebody goes ahead, your husband, for example, and he says to you, I don't understand what you want from me. I, I work. I give you money. You can have all the Starbucks coffees and ice cream that you want. Like, why are you bothering me? You could go shopping and swipe the credit card and leave me alone like i I give you so much, and your answer will be, yeah, but imagine if there was like a big target you're like hitting the outside of the target you're not hitting in in the depth you're not you're not connecting to me you're not understanding me you're not you're not getting me to like open up and you're not opening up you're not there for me emotionally, right so a person can give on the outside, but they're not necessarily giving on the inside. Does that make sense? It's the same thing when a person does something wrong. A person can do something which is extremely hurtful. They could say hurtful things. They could do hurtful things. And in that realm, that's like a dagger to the heart versus somebody that is doing something which annoys you. It's not your preference. It's against your value. But it's not right there in the middle. And on this particular, let's call it on this particular side of things, I would encourage a person to say, listen, let me take a step back. Is this something which in 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 that in that world is this right here in the- is this a dagger in my heart if my husband misses minion? Maybe it is because you're the Shamish and the show like I, I don't know, but m- most most women I think would agree that this is not like you're not going to be like oh he's, he's he's destroying our marriage. We oftentimes do that. we attach values to our arguments, so it'd be like you're ruining the kids and destroying the home, but in reality, this is not like something. Again, minion is minion. A person has to go to minion. I'm not making light of that, but I'm just saying. Usually, if you put it into context and you realize that within your your ring, what you have to focus on in your life, what he needs to focus on in his life, and then the overlap, the things that apply to both of you, usually these kinds of things are much more on his side of things. Yes, everything in a marriage really relates to the other person. If your husband learns, he becomes a Tamar chacham, you'll respect him more. So, of course. But but obviously, you know, if he goes to Minion and he gets up early and he davens all of those things are contributing to a marriage. But are they right there in the center? Or are they a little bit more removed? If you put into context for yourself and you realize that my husband is not going to get up earlier because I criticize him. Your teenage son is not going to get up earlier because you criticize him. Let alone when he's a, an adult who has this struggle. Your husband's not going to make more money because you scream at him. He might spend more time at the office, but it's not necessarily going to bring in more money, right? He's going to. Ru- Most people, they go into a shell and they put up defenses. And then they explain to themselves why they're not the, the wrong one. You're the wrong one. Because look at your reaction and look at your behavior. And you think I'm ruining the family? How about the way you're speaking to me? How is that not ruining the family? And what happens over time is that if you take almost any argument between a couple the actual thing that they were arguing about is usually like 5 or 7% of the actual argument. Think about the last argument you had with your spouse, if you've ever had one. I'm just saying, if you ever did, right? right? You realize after like a few hours, or maybe hopefully less, they're like, wait a minute, like 99% of what we're fighting about is how we're fighting, right? It's like things that are completely unrelated to like the initial thing. And usually what you're really saying is, I I I wanted you to put in a little bit more. I wanted you to be expressive. I wanted you to be more prioritizing. I wanted you to put more like into me. Like I wanted like the batteries to be charged. I wanted to have more time with you, more quality. I wanted to connect with you. That's usually what you're saying. But usually the way it comes out and the resulting arguments of that is usually driving more of a rift between between a couple. Usually, right? So, a person who's dealing with something where your spouse is doing something, first ask yourself, like, one to ten, like, is this really a ten? Because your, your reaction should probably be in line with that. And if you want your spouse to change, hitting it head on is almost never the way to go. Those sit-downs, those interventions, listen, the whole family gathers you around the table and says, we got to talk to you, you got up later than we anticipated, and you're ruining the family, and we need you to go for help, Those, those, unless your spouse is like an addict, those... Those conversations usually don't go over very well. If you if you if you channel, you say, hey, let's go to early night tonight. Hey, you know, let's get up. You go to school. I'll make breakfast. I'll take care of the kids. You'll drive them to school. Whatever. If you if you do it in a way where your spouse feels like you're on board with them, you love them, you care for them, you 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 value their values, then usually they will come around to that side of things also. Okay. I see there's a lot of more questions coming in. So don't worry. We're going to make this into a series. Each week we will talk on different topics. Um, we're good? Yeah? Everybody ready to call it a wrap for night? Okay? We have to keep you wanting more for next time as well. Have an awesome night. See you in two weeks in Ritz Hashem. Take care, everybody. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.